Isn't that great? Isn't that a great song? Um, when we talked about that way back when, now, um, in our preparation for this series and so forth, it was just something, and especially when you started looking at the lyrics, watching or reading the lyrics of that particular uh, song, it just really hit you, like, wow, that's, there's a lot to that. And then, of course, that film clip kind of drove the point home, that's from the movie Absolute Power. Um, so I want to talk about that this morning, obviously, daughters, and you know the subtitle, Thoughts for Taking Care of Our Daughters and Our Sons. In fact, my study in this in the last few weeks has just really sort of, not sort of, it has uh, stimulated and motivated me. We're going to be doing an, another series um, on family, just on the family, not just raising children, but marriage and relationships and things like that starting in January, six-week series. You'll see more about that very soon, but it really made me realize again how, how much we need to deal with this, and I know that. just needs to be reminded, need to be reminded of it you know, quite a bit. I want to start with a proverb, Proverb 22, verse 6, and um, it's a good one. It's, and this is most of these, unless otherwise designated, will be in the New Living Translation. But uh, just read it, and you'll see where we're going with this. Teach your children to choose the right path, and when they are older, they will remain upon it. Teach your children to choose the right path. Now, there's a lot in there when you get into the Hebrew of that particular statement. And, and, and in some, some translations, particularly in some of your um, lexicons in the Greek, uh, go into some different things that talk about how we need to, whatever their bent is, to, to kind of encourage them on that bent and so forth. And that has to do with personality, that has to do with giftedness, that has to do with life's choices for, for career and things like that. So it, it's the whole, the whole picture here. Teach your children to choose the right path. And when they're older, they'll remain upon it. Now, here's what I want to do. I'm gonna, here's my, my title for this, our thoughts for taking care of our daughters and sons, all right? And I basically have three, I hesitate to do this, but, I, but I, I, I'm the type of a, of a speaker and thinker that um, I'm kind of linear, obviously, and, and I kind of like having these things Boom, boom, boom to think on it. My, 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 I say that because my, the danger of this is that I'm going to give you three, three principles for raising children to be successful in your, you know, that's the danger of that. You know, three principles to raising great kids. Can't do that. Can't do that. There's no formula here. And that's my, well, I'm kind of hesitating here as I do this, but I want to, I want you to see these thoughts and we'll go from there. So thoughts for taking care of our daughters and our sons. And, in, and as, I, as I approach those, let me give you two, um, just two thoughts of introduction before I do that. Number one is this. We have a great opportunity, those of us who are parents, to mold and to direct the lives of our children. We have a great opportunity for doing that. Well, what are we going to do with that? Now, I realize in this crowd and in the next one, there will be some who aren't parents you say, well, what's in this for me? Well, stay with me, okay? There's, this, this is for you too because you're still a daughter or a son of somebody. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Some of us don't have children at home any longer. And um, what about us? Well, there's still a lot. We, we, many of us are blessed with grandkids and, and uh, extended family by close friends. And everybody that you know who has children will have challenges at times. And that's where we can come in. Not as the reservoir of, of knowing everything about it, because we all made our mistakes too, but, uh, but to be able to be there to help others as well. Because the other thing I want to say about this by way of introduction is this, there are no guarantees. I want to make this clear. There are no guarantees. I wish I could tell you that there were. 
And it's easy for me to stand here at this point in my life. Uh, both of our kids are grown, and we're very, very thankful. We're very blessed that they're both very they're successful human beings and successful marriages and, and doing well in many aspects of their, of their own relationships. And, and we're grateful for that. So it's easy for me to sit here and say, here's how it's, here's how it's done. But let me just tell you, there's no guarantees. I have other people, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just pulling a humble act on this. I know of people who I feel like I couldn't carry their dirty laundry as a father, so to speak who have had kids blow out on them. Talked to one a couple weeks ago. We're talking about something else. He says, oh, Rich, by the way, I don't know if you know or not, but named, named his son, who I know and have known since he was that high. He said, he's back in prison again. Kind of matter-of-factly, because it's happened several times. And I was like, yeah. Now, you say, can you sit there and pick apart what they did or what they didn't do? Well, you can do that with any of us. I mean, really, you can do that with anybody. You can do that with me. You know, I let my 16-year-old go see Predator and somebody told me I was going to scar him for life or something, you know? Um, at the time, that was a big deal, okay, where I was and everything. I rated Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I said, hey, son, go watch that and learn how to be a governor. But... Um, um, <laughs> We can take shots at anybody, okay? That, that's the issue here. And so there, there are no guarantees. And I look back at ours, and, and we've been blessed. And I, you, see, you say, why? And you think, well, you know, you, you try to do the best you can. But, you know, as, as, as a, a good friend of mine says, you know, I don't know what you call it, but everybody has lemons, right? Now, I don't know if that's what it is with kids, or if you had one of those lemons or not. I'm being facetious a little bit here. Okay, don't, don't, don't get mad at me on that one, all right? Um, but my point is this. You do, what you, you do the best you can, you know, and you teach and you teach and you, and you try to live it. And with our, with our kids, you know, I, I'm so, you know, I, 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 I taught them, I tried to teach them so many things. Want teach them how to compete. Teach them how to just want to compete and compete and compete. And that was my job. Teach them how to, Charlie had other jobs. I said, you go out there and you beat their eyes out. Then you go over there and tell them you love them after the game's over with, all right? But... So, you know, you, and you teach them how to love, and you teach them how to do that, and, and all this, but at, sometimes it takes, sometimes it doesn't take. And I'll tell you one thing, what, what, one of the things you've got to do this, this is one thing I know has to happen, and, and especially in this culture, because it's much like the culture that I've been in, 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 in for the last several years. You've got to have a good mom. You've got to have a good mom, and I'm grateful for that, because us guys are working, and you know, what's, you know what's interesting to me? You don't have to agree with this. What's interesting to me, even when you have a two-career home, oftentimes, my observation only, the wife ends up still doing the majority of the, of the parenting as a mom, so to speak. Even, even in many of those homes where I've seen two-career situations, you've got to have a mom. You know? So let's just start right there, and I'll just say, thank God for your wife. If she's a great mom, if she's not, pray for her to be one, and let's go. Okay, let's leave. I mean, that's a key. It really is, but, but it doesn't end there, does it? Because now I'm talking to people who, who are in divorces or been through divorces. And you say, what do we do? What about me? Hang on with me because I want to talk to you too. Because this, this is for all of us. And the Bible is for all of us. So stay with me on this. And it's, it's an important issue because all of us have different kinds of situations. And we've got to find some guidelines, not from my life or not from somebody else's life, but from the biblical perspective that will give us some big principles to follow. Just some things to think through. First one is this. Children are born sinful. 
with need of correction. Children are born sinful with the need of correction. See, now I don't know, Rich. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Let me ask you a question. Did you, did you ever have to sit down with your kid and say, son, daughter, let me teach you how to lie. Sometimes you got to lie. <laughs> you ever have to do that? We have to sit down and say, we don't lie. And, 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 and oh, by the way, we have to share too. You know, certain things just come natural. All, and I know it sounds harsh, but children are born. Let me show you. Well, let me, let me show you this. Who do you think said this? Some of you are going to know this quote because I used it, I think, about, about a year, year and a half ago I used this. So if you were here then, you're going to know this. So don't say it out loud, all right? Here it is. Children nowadays are tyrants. They contradict their parents. They gobble their food. They tyrannize their teachers. You say, oh, man. You know who said that? Rich teachers could have said that. Yeah, um, I have said that many times, actually. All right, let's show them who said that. Socrates, 400 B.C. See, some things don't change, do they? I just thought, when I read that, when I saw that, I was just like, wow. <laughs> You're looking for, you know, whoever to say that. Psalm 51, verse 5 says this, I was born a sinner. David's talking here. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. We're born sinners, all of us. So we desperately need this thing called reproof, correction, discipline. I'm going to use, and I know those some different definitions there, but I'm going to use them as synonyms for now, for my purposes, all right? This correction thing, which comes with that punishment. Now I'm going to deal with a sensitive subject here because... The Bible teaches correction. It has a particular way of teaching it. Not all of you are going to practice this, and that's not my point. I'm not here to try to get you to practice any certain form of discipline. I just want you to understand the whole, the whole concept. That's my purpose. Let me show you what Proverbs says about this, and you can deal with it and, and so forth. Proverbs 23. Don't fail to correct your children. They won't die if you spank them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. And you look at that, and some of you would say, well, we don't spank our kids. Let me just add a couple of caveats to this. Talking uh, not too long ago, well, actually, one of, our, one of our men's study groups afterwards, one of the guys, we're talking about it, we, after our men's study group um, on Thursday evening, oftentimes, well, every time we go down to Winbury's and just have a drink together and talk about the whatever lesson or whatever kids, baseball, the Yankees were on back in the fall, we'd watch them, and those who, those who were Mets fans and stuff would just take abuse. But... Um, <laughs> because that's what men do with each other. But, but, but anyway, um, we, we brought up this whole thing of kids. And uh, somebody said, we've never hit our children. And I said, I've never hit my kids either, but I spanked them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a difference there. Now, and I'm not telling you you have to do that, okay? I, I'm not telling you that. What I, what, I am, what I do know is that the Bible teaches there needs to be some form of discipline. I've learned we had two kids. It couldn't be any more different than two kids could possibly. I can't believe they had the same parents. One of them you could have beaten until he was abused, okay? And it still wouldn't have done any good. And we had to find a different way. You know, the other one... I asked Stephanie, our daughter, I said, did, did we ever spank you? She said, I think I remember one time, way back when, the little wooden spoon thing, um, which we had. So, I mean, it was like she didn't. I mean, so each kid is different. And I'm not saying, you, well, if you don't believe in spanking, you know, corporal punishment or whatever it is that you have to do. Fine. Find something that works. And, and, and have some discipline. 
you know? And that's, the, that's part of the issue here. Um, abuse can come in many forms. And as a result of that, you know, you can over-discipline, certainly. But you can also under-discipline. And, and, and one is just as bad as the other. And people don't realize that. To under-discipline, to not bring discipline can be just as abusive as the person who takes that spanking a little too far. And whatever kind of discipline you do, and I think you know this, this is pretty basic, but I'm going to tell you this anyway because you need to hear it. Whether you believe in corporal punishment or whether you believe in some other kind, whatever you do, you don't do it in anger. You never do it in anger. You do it for the purpose of that child to be corrected. And you need to understand that. And that's what this is talking about in Proverbs. Physical discipline may well save them from death. And his point is, with my son, I want to keep playing in the street. A couple of times I had to just paddle him. I said, you don't play in the street. I said, if you get playing in the street, you're going to run over my car. I don't want you, I don't want you getting run over my car. I mean, this isn't really that difficult here, folks. For us to understand. So physical discipline may well save them from death. So the point is this, and I want you to see this, is that, you know, certainly, you know, the correction or the punishment ought to fit the crime. There are many ways of doing that. Anger should never be a part of that, and you need to understand that. So children are born in that condition, and they need help for correction. And that's why God gave them us. Keep in mind the big picture, not just the day, not just to get through the day. Keep in mind the big picture. Um, Singles, single moms and dads. I want to talk to you just for a moment because I know, and I've talked to so many of you, um, it really becomes a problem because now all of a sudden you got a you got a kid and you got and you got you and you got your ex and and in some cases it becomes a competition for affection. And and one of the single moms who, who knew I was going to talk about this, she raised all of her kids as a single mom, and she's now my age, a little older. And she said, whatever else you say, make sure that those divorced parents, of which I was one. Don't sacrifice discipline in the name of trying to get your kid's affection because it won't work. It won't work. I say that with her authority, not mine, because I wasn't in that. So, so those of you who are in that situation, don't sacrifice that. Please don't sacrifice that. And I understand it's a tough deal you're in. But at the same time, there's still some things you can do, and it doesn't mean that the, that the game is over for you. It doesn't mean that at all. Not in God's way of looking at these things. And another, a good friend of mine put it this way, too, and I think it's an important, and I want to leave the discipline thing right now, but I want to just make this statement. When your children are disciplined, you can really enjoy your kids a lot better. When they're running around the house like a bunch of wild animals, and you're like, oh, God, can we just get them, get them out of here? Can't we just get them to sleep? Can't we just get somebody to take care of them? Can't the nanny come? You don't enjoy them as much as when your kids are disciplined. Just think, I mean, you know, it's kind of a selfish thing. But you're not doing it for selfish reasons. You're doing it for their good. You do reap some benefit from it. So it's an important issue on that. Um, you'll better enjoy your, you'll, you will enjoy them more in and, 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 and many deeper ways when they're not a bunch of undisciplined brats, okay? I don't mean to say it like that, but I did. Anyway, um, so there you go. <clears throat> and you know, we've all seen that. Now, certainly not in ours, but in others, you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other one. <laughs> Mine's never been like that, but the you know yours might have been. You all, you, we we know that. All right, so children are born sinful and they need correction. Second principle that I want you to see goes right along with that, but I want you to get it. Children are created in the image of God and are deserving of love. Children are created in the image of God 
and they are created in love. Let me show you Genesis. I, saw you this, I just showed you this not too long ago, I think, if you were here. So God created people in his own image, Genesis 1. God patterned them after himself, male and female, he created them. We call that the Imago Dei, the image of God. All, all people are created in the Imago, in the image of God. All people are. That's why we have respect for life. That's why we have respect for people, whomever they are, and whatever they are, and wherever they're from. We have respect for them because they're people created in God's image. may not like their religion. I may not like their politics. I may not like a whole bunch of other things about them, but they're still people. They're still God's creation. And the same is true with children. And they are, they are deserving of our love, and they are deserving of the best that we have to give. And, and I'll tell you, this is, this is just, that, that, that one quote, I'll just read it. That one quote in the song hit me, in that song that we heard, Daughters, where he says, So fathers, be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers, so mothers be good to your daughters too. Children are made in the image of God, and they need to understand love. And I've got to talk about this for just a moment because it's just really important. You teach them love by your example and by your works and by your words. And I'm going to... This is an important issue. The greatest example that they're ever going to see of love is what they see every day between their mother and their father. Hang on here with me because I know, again, I'm talking to a mixed crowd here and I have some who don't have mates. Stay with me because you can still, you can still accomplish that as best you can in your situation. You can still accomplish that. But, but those of us who are still married, let's just, let me just talk to you just for a moment. Some of you go to great extents to make sure your kids have all the, all the advantages in life that they need, whether that be the right preschool, whether that be soccer and, and, and field hockey and, 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 and this and this all together, all the difference. You go to great extents. Great, that's terrific. Some, though, maybe not you, but some have forgotten the most key element in all that. A mom and dad who love each other. You can give them all the advantages of life, and if they don't see a mom and dad who love each other, you are giving them a huge, huge handicap in life. And vice versa is true as well. I'm not saying we shouldn't try to get the right preschool and we shouldn't be in the right school. I'm not saying we shouldn't do We should do all those things on top of the fact that they can see every day in their home modeled before them a mom and dad who love each other. That's what they're going to learn about love. You say, okay, Rich, that's great, but I'm divorced. What do I do? They can still see you. They can still see you and your love for people. If you're remarried, they can see the kind of relationship you now have with your mate. They can see how you treat people. Hopefully, they might have some grandparents around or aunts and uncles or close friends around that are like aunts and uncles where they can see that. There's other things that you can still do if you're in that particular situation. And if you, and if you do get remarried, you can, they can see that modeled. This is how it should be. I don't know what happened back there, but this is how it should be for a mom and dad who love each other. So wherever you are in this whole spectrum, you know, and those of us who are, who, are, who, are, um, who are where we are, empty nesters, you can help with that whole concept. It's great for, for kids to see other husbands and wives who have a great love for each other. And they can see that and love for them. Yesterday we had one of our, uh, one of our helpers. Is he here? No, no, he'll be here in the next service so I can talk about him. Um, <laughs> He was helping in the kitchen back there, and um, 
And it was kind of neat. And one of the kids, and I know, I know the kid and I know the mom and, 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 and everything, and I'm seeing if she's here. Anyway, I'll, I'll just, I'm not going to use names. But, um, and the little kid came and wanted to come back to the kitchen and wanted something to eat. And which is fine, so we had a bunch of food back there. And he's, I don't know, 10 or 9, and, you know, he had a snotty nose, and his, you know, his nose is running about halfway down his chin. And, and, uh, and my friend was there in the back, and, and the kid says, I want uh, this and this. And he says, okay, that's great, but first, and he grabs some paper towel. I said, first, I'm going to wipe your nose, okay? And, and he reached over and kind of cleaned the kid up a little bit and said, oh, that's terrific. Kids need to see that, that somebody loves them and, and, and will look out for them no matter what anyway. They need to see that. And you need to have your kids, especially those of you who've been in some different difficult situations, you need to have your kids around those situations. That's why it's so important for us here with our children's staff. You know, we have a lot of, we go through a a lot of pains to get the right people. And one of the first things, do you love kids? Because you don't love kids, you know, let's just stop the discussion right now. Because not everybody does. I mean, God love them, but I don't want them working with kids if they don't love kids, right? So, God created children in the image of God, and they're deserving of love. And they need to see that. They need to experience that. That's why that, gosh, that song is just haunting almost. Third principle, third thought. Yeah, children are, are created sinful, and, 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 and they need to be corrected. They're created in the image of God, and they're deserving of love. Third thing, children are on loan from God. Never, ever forget this. You only have them for a little while. And as a 55-year-old, I can sit here and tell you, it is such a little while. You have no clue. It is such a little while. With both of our kids, as we sat at the weddings and had the little video thing of their life, Charlene and I looked at each other and like, that's about how long it seemed. Boom. Here's my daughter dressed up like a bride and... I remember the Halloween that she so much wanted to be a bride when she was 9 or 10 years old. Phenomenal stuff. Children are on loan from God. They're a precious gift. Treat them like it. Live like it. Let me show you this. This This is, you know, teach them to love, teach them to think, teach them to respect people. Let me show you this. This is, this is just one passage from the Old Testament, and this is great. We even have some of our Jewish friends here with us. You, this is good for you too, all right? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Look at this. Love God, your God, with, the whole, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given to you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. Get them inside your children. <laughs> Talk about them when, wherever you are. Look for teaching moments, in other words. Sitting at home or walking in the street or talking about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall in bed at night. Tie them on your hands and your foreheads. And as a reminder, inscribe them on the doorpost of your home, on your city gates. Teach these truths. That God loves you and you're to love people, the most basic thing. That Jesus had the most important thing. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love others as yourself. Just start with that. That's how, that's how we're to operate. Teach it. Live it. Speak it. Insist upon it in your home. Two questions. And I've got to deal with these in closing. What if I've blown it? I'm a parent. 
and I've blown it. Whether whatever thing, what if I've blown it? Here's one who has more than once. Right here, start here. That's why Jesus came. And that's why Jesus gives us sometimes the courage that we don't have to be able to say, hey, darling, child, son, daughter, I'm sorry. I didn't handle this the right way. Your dad's not perfect. I'm trying to be as it pertains to you, but I'm not. Maybe, maybe your child is an adult and they're an adult child of a abuser or of maybe not a maybe not a what we'd call a hardcore abuser maybe it's maybe it's an abuser of words and your child's now an adult and maybe it was just an abuse of 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 not being there like we saw in the film clip maybe it's in some other form you know it might start by a very difficult conversation if that can take place or a letter if that can't take place I love you and I'm sorry can we start here? I've known that to happen. It's never too late. It's never too late. I don't care what the situation, where it is, it's never too late to do what's right. Never too late. Second question I have to answer, what if I didn't get this? Kind of goes along with this first one. What if I've blown it? What, what if I'm here as a daughter or a son and I didn't get this? I didn't have a mom or a dad who did this. And they, you know, they loved me, but it didn't show. Or maybe they didn't love me, and that showed. Or, or, or maybe my situation, maybe I was abused. Maybe I was molested. Maybe I was this. Maybe, you know, a, a number of different things. What if, that's, what if that's me? Well, first thing, you know, that, that really stinks. Because let me tell you why that really stinks. Because somebody who sinned, and I'm going to say it that way, who sinned against you, you are now in a position where if you don't respond the right way through no freaking fault of your own, if you don't respond the right way, now you're going to be guilty of sin. And I got to tell you, excuse my language, that sucks. That really does. That's a double whammy. Because not only did I not get it here, but now I've turned into a bitter person because of it. I mean, I can't win. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And it's not easy. I've dealt with too many people in this situation. I know, I'm thankful. I haven't had to experience it myself, but I felt like I've been through it a hundred times with others that I loved. You don't deny it. You acknowledge it. You know, you just, you just, you just recognize it and you begin the process of forgiveness for that parent or parents. You have to. You have to. You don't have a choice. If you want any kind of normalcy in your life, any kind of joy, any kind of any you got to do it. You say, it's not right. No, it's not right. It ain't fair. No, it's not fair. But, you know, you can pile on and just keep going deeper, or you can say, okay, God. And it's a process. I want to begin the process of forgiveness. How that looks and how that works in your own particular situation, you'll have to deal with. There's people that can help you through that and with that. Certainly, if I can be of any help, I'd be happy to. But that's what has to happen. There has to be forgiveness. I want to, I want to close with this last, last proverb that I think just kind of puts both of these categories to rest for us all. It's from Proverbs. Just look at it. Proverbs 
chapter 28, people who cover over their sins, some one Bible says whitewash their sins, will not prosper. If they confess and forsake them, they will receive mercy. And that involves those of us who are parents as well. And those of us who are adult children of parents who didn't treat us like they should have. Those who cover over their sins and will not prosper, you've got to confess and forsake them. And by God's grace, you will receive mercy. Let's pray together. God, these are powerful truths. And Lord, I don't... Well, I know that these things are things that cannot be practiced, that cannot be lived out on our own. And that it is only by your power and by, the, by, by, by really God's power working in us that we can even begin to practice some of these things. So God, help us, help us. Lord, my heart goes to those who are sitting here thinking, I wish I had had a mom or a dad like this. Lord, I pray that you would give that person a heart of forgiveness and a heart of determination to provide the right mom or dad for their children when their children, if they're here, when they come along. Lord, I I thank you for your grace because it is your grace that covers all of this. It is your grace that gives us the ability to be parents that are going to have productive kids in society. It is your grace that's going to give us the ability to do that and your grace is going to give us the patience to deal with that and with them. And God, it is your grace that gives us the forgiveness that we need when we fail or when we have had someone fail us and we need to forgive them. We thank you for that grace that comes through a relationship with God through our Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your love, your grace that you came and lived and suffered and died and went to the tomb and rose again to give us new life, abundantly and free and eternal. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.